Hey, Kreckman's from Altitude Sports Radio 92.5 in Denver. So what are just the, I guess at this point now, you're looking at a Denver Nuggets team that has title aspirations and they feel legit with a healthy team. This has got to be a new feeling for you out there without it being Jokic carrying the team by himself in the playoffs. Yeah, no, it's good to see because he's got his dudes back. And, yeah, I know, like you guys talked about, everybody just wants to ignore what this basketball team has been doing over the last couple of years. But Jokic has won back-to-back MVPs. Um, He's had to carry a team where he didn't have all of his pieces. Well, he's got all of his pieces now. He's got the best team that he's ever had. And, yeah, right now, um, besides Boston, they're, you know, second-best favorite to to win the NBA championship right now. And this team can absolutely do that. They're loaded. They're good. They're playing their best basketball. They're kicking ass. We're pumped, man. Who do you think is the most surprising role player uh, that has come out and shown out uh, for Denver in this run? It's a great question because, you know, you use the term role player. So, you know, I'm inclined to go like a Kentavious Caldwell-Pope or a Bruce Brown, uh, both of whom, sorry, did a great job on your boo, Devin Booker, there in game five and six. Uh, so, so sorry about that, guys. But uh, KCP has been terrific. He won a title with the Lakers back in, uh, in 2020 in the bubble, and he's just been terrific. Bruce Brown, 25 off the bench in game five. He's such a versatile piece off the bench. He's been a really good role player. Aaron Gordon held Kevin Durant to 42% shooting in that last round. Like, offensively, he's been hit or miss. Defensively, he's been great. He erased Cat in the opening round against Minnesota, and he played really well against Kevin Durant. So Aaron Gordon is a guy that I suppose you could look at. I mean, it's an eight-man rotation. And so if you're saying role player, I obviously can't include Jokic and Jamal Murray. But really, this is a part of what the Nuggets have going for them. They're just a deep team. Nate, what's your biggest concern heading into this series? Like if the Nuggets don't get it done and head to the NBA Finals, it's because of this. Because as a uh, Jokic Finals MVP backer, it's the bench minutes, the non-Jokic minutes. That's what scares me the most because all of a sudden the Lakers are the deeper team after their uh, midseason pickups. Yeah, no, and the non-Jokic minutes are always the problem, right? Like I'm I'm sure you guys heard, uh, you know, the team is plus 12 for 100 possessions when Jokic is on the floor and minus 12 when he's off. You know, the, the net rating difference between on and off greatest disparity in the entire NBA you know a player like that typically wins an MVP award but Embiid was able to wind his way into it and good for him mm-hmm. uh but in the meantime you know the the, the Denver Nuggets look if, uh, Anthony Davis is that's very real and he's an excellent rebounder and I think one thing is that he can limit some of Jokic's offensive rebounding and his second chance uh scoring opportunities so that could be a little bit of a challenge um, certainly, you always worry about the calls when it comes to the Lakers versus Denver. That's the thing that you worry about a little bit is the whistle going in their favor. Certainly, the NBA would like a LeBron James in the final storyline a hell of a lot more than the little forgotten time zone in Denver, Colorado. But honestly, guys, like I'm talking about all this stuff. I think the Nuggets are just better than these guys. Yeah. I, I really love Denver in this series. Um, they're a team that's absolutely at the height of their powers right now. I'm curious uh, about just how the Nuggets started. I remember talking to somebody who worked for the team, and, you know, they felt, like, a little bit unsure. Remember, it was, like, kind of like, I don't know. You know, and Jokic was saying they're getting guys back into the flow, especially Jamal Murray, and that he was going to suck for probably the first 25 games. How, how did how was this team able to sort of figure it all out to become as dominant, really, as, as they are now? I mean, Jokic is... You know, the the sun that everything orbits around. 
And so as long as you have Nikola Jokic, pretty much everything is going to be okay. Like you said, Jamal was coming off the torn ACL. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. had uh, a leg injury early on in the season. He was coming off of back surgery, and he was out for 12 games. But pretty much from December to February, the Nuggets were the best team in the NBA. They had a 40-game stretch where they went 31-9. and They were absolutely dominant. After they beat Memphis in March, the infamous John Morant waving the gun around in the strip club night uh, in Denver, they basically locked up the one seed with, like, you know, four weeks to go in the regular season, and they played like it the rest of the way. And sure, we had some consternation about it in Denver, but once they got to the postseason, they locked back in. They played like they did mostly through the middle part of the season. And, like, there were weird parts of the season, but really if you look at it on the whole – this has been the best team in the Western Conference because they are the best team in the Western Conference. So, Nate, I have a theory. Work with me on this. I don't think it's too outlandish. I think you may actually agree, but let's see. Uh, the Nuggets were one of my sleeper teams before the season started to come out of the West. I, I really liked what they had. Uh, my concern always was team in the playoffs, right? We, we know teams have to go through those bumps and bruises and the losses before they get to the finals, grow as a team, and you could argue maybe they already did with Jokic by himself. If the Nuggets were a team that had more of a rich playoff history, do you think they'd be taken more seriously around the country than where they are now? Oh, I think there's no doubt about that. It's one of the things that we always talk about is they've never been to an NBA Finals. Like, there is not a winning tradition here in Denver. People see a Lakers logo in the purple and gold. Uh, they see all those banners, and they automatically want to lean in that direction. I get all that. Also, LeBron James is on the other side, and the guy has got four rings. They just dispatched Kevin Durant in the last round. That guy has been in the NBA Finals and done a bunch of things and won championships before. Like, Denver does not have that sort of tradition. What's so frustrating for a lot of us in this town is that, you know, this team went to the Western Conference Finals in the bubble. Maybe they were arriving a little bit early, but the very next season they made the trade to get Aaron Gordon, and I think they played 12 games together. And if you go back and look at that, and, and look, I know that's a small sample size, but they were great. And, like, right away we were like, oh, they can win an NBA championship. Then Jamal Murray tears his ACL. Then Michael Porter Jr. runs into more injury issues. And so, like, everything was put on pause for a couple of years. But, guys, I'm telling you, if Jamal Murray doesn't suffer that injury, they might have already won an NBA championship, yeah. and the narrative could be different. This is something we've been waiting to arrive at. But, no, you're, you're absolutely right about that. There's just – how many people bought the Milwaukee Bucks before they went and won mm -hmm. an NBA championship? You know, you have to go and do it. Denver's never done it before. It, it's a part of why they don't attract big-name free agents. Like, if you look at the construction of this team – Jokic is a second-round pick. Jamal Murray went number seven overall. Michael Porter Jr., number 14 overall. They had to swing a trade with Orlando to get Aaron Gordon. Like, this was not assembled in any sort of, like, sweepstakes, sexy, off-season barrage or anything like that. This has been slowly built up over time, and the NBA just really doesn't do that very often anymore. And so there's a lot of reasons why the Nuggets are – quote-unquote off the radar but uh, you guys have watched them play you see how good they are like they can absolutely win a title right now 
I'm glad that you brought up Aaron Gordon because he's been really good. But with Jamal Murray, so now he's questionable for tomorrow with the unspecified illness. No chance he actually sits. He's going to go most likely game one, right? No, he was questionable game six against Phoenix, too, and everyone was concerned yeah. uh, about his health status, and he went out and he had a great game in game six. Yeah, there, there's no planet on which he doesn't play. you got to remember – um, Jamal Murray grew up in Kitchener, Ontario, with a very, very intense father. And his dad uh, used to make him do wall sits with a cup of boiling hot tea on his legs while they were training and working out <laughs> playing basketball when it was 15 Jeez. degrees outside. So Jamal Murray is as tough a dude as they come. He's not letting some sniffles keep him out of game one. <laughs> How how gratifying was it for the folks who have been screaming that Jokic should win MVP three in a row that uh, Embiid basically disappeared in Game 7? Well, the funniest part about it, and look, nothing that happened yesterday with Embiid pulling a no-show in Game 7, uh, that doesn't mean that Nikola Jokic should have been the MVP over Joel Embiid. But what it did do was it exposed the stupidity of the bad narrative surrounding Nikola Jokic of, oh, what has he done in the playoffs? Well, um, he's already been to a Western Conference Finals. He has won a series every single time he's made the postseason, except for one year, and Joel Embiid has never been to an Eastern Conference Finals, and that continues to be true. You know, Nikola Jokic goes out and puts up a 32-point triple-double in his closeout opportunity against Phoenix. And Embiid, I think, shot 36% from the field in his two closeout opportunities against the Boston Celtics. So, again, the dumb thing about the MVP debate this year was it wasn't about who was the best player in the 22-23 season. It became about is Nikola Jokic worth being a three-peat MVP winner as Wilt and Bill Russell and Larry Bird were, and ultimately he couldn't outlast the legacy that's why Joel Embiid gets himself an MVP award, but so many of the arguments that got used against Nikola Jokic have been exposed as being unbelievably stupid. Yeah, it's just this this matchup alone between these two teams. I think we actually have the two best teams in the West now. It's not I, the, the Lakers were a totally different team after the trade deadline. If Anthony Davis can stay healthy, that, that certainly makes this. A, a series. With, they they need Anthony Davis, the Lakers do, to win this. And I still don't even know necessarily if that's enough. If you look at that matchup, Jokic and Anthony Davis, what's what's the biggest concern you have about Jokic specifically when he's matched up against Anthony Davis? Maybe more on a defensive side specifically. Uh, defensively, I worry about foul trouble more than anything else. Jokic had himself, he's had a very good defensive postseason. He really has. He's not a shot blocker. Okay, he's not a rim protector. He's a below the rim big. Like so that changes the paradigm of how we typically talk about quality defensive centers. Um, but he has very fast hands, he has excellent defensive positioning. He knows exactly where he has to be on the floor and he does that part of the job extraordinarily well. Um, and he's strong as hell. He just the guy's 290 pounds. And he's, he's arguably the strongest guy in the entire NBA. Foul trouble is going to be a concern going up against Anthony Davis. But when it comes to, you know, trying to put Jokic out on an island and pick and rolls like teams have done in the past, he does a really good job 
He's quick with his feet. He's good with his positioning. Um, again, like Davis is going to get his because Anthony Davis is a great player. And again, I think Davis has an advantage on the boards with his length and with his leaping ability. But outside of that, I'm going to give Jokic the nod in almost every other category. Oh, we got about 60 seconds. So my theory was, if, like you said, man, so if Jokic, if the Nuggets win the finals in and beats the regular season MVP. I don't know how you give the award to anybody other than Jokic. But what do you think about the Western Conference Finals MVP? Do you think there's any chance maybe Jamal Murray could steal that award because he's plus 1,400 and is a better uh, – that's a really nice price, and I could see him just going off against the Lakers. So here's what's interesting about this. We were actually talking about this on our show today here in Denver. Um, has been sort of the growth of Jamal Murray because – Everybody remembers the player that they saw in the bubble and the dueling 50-point games that he put up against Donovan Mitchell, how great he was against the Clippers. Um, he, he was just really special. And I think that one of the things that we saw in the Phoenix series was Jamal Murray coming to understand that he doesn't have to be that version of himself to make an impact on a series, on a game, to be at his very best and like he had some good scoring games against phoenix but like you know he, he didn't go off for 40 in any of those games or anything else like that he didn't have you know a game where he jacked up 35 shots or, or something like that he's being better at doing what the game needs him to do and sometimes that's his driving kick stuff sometimes that's just operating that two-man game against Jokic and getting others involved sometimes that's just being uh, honestly more of an on-the-block scorer than a three-point shooter which that version of him is a better basketball player and a better player for the Denver Nuggets. I Again, like plus 1,400, don't get me wrong, it's a value bet, and I'm going to take it because maybe I could be dead wrong, and maybe Jamal just, you know, hangs 40 a couple of times or something like that. I don't see a planet on which Nikola Jokic wouldn't be that guy. The guy's just been the best player in the playoffs. Yeah, it's, it's hard to argue the consistency and domination you've had from Jokic. Nate Kreckman, sports, or Altitude Sports Radio, 925 in Denver. Uh, one of my favorite cities, by the way. Denver Biscuit Company puts me in a food coma. Nate, every time I'm out there, I love that place. <laughs> so, good. so good. Oh, Denver Biscuit Company is strong, plus uh, they got uh, it's Atomic Cowboy. The pizza joint is in the exact same location, yeah. right there on Colfax. Oh, man. That's a good deep cut. Nice job. Thanks, Nate. Yeah, I, I absolutely love Denver. It's definitely one of my favorite. Me too. A lot of stuff I like here. A lot, lot of things there. A lot of things. It's Ben MGM tonight. Pizza.